from the Anajar and Levine Studios in downtown West Palm Beach. You are listening to Ken LaVica Live on ESPN 106.3. Presented by the FAU MBA Sport Management Program. Visit fau.edu slash MBA sport. Man, I look up. Stone, we are getting close, my friend. Yes, we are. NFL Draft Thursday. And by the way, if you want to hear more of me, and why wouldn't you? Thursday, in addition to Ken Levick, Alive at Noon, your soft sports talk radio lunch uh, nest. That was great. I like that. That was great. Very eloquent. Very. I'll also be hosting the NFL Draft kickoff show 6 to 8 Thursday night from Palm Beach Kennel Club with Pierre Garcon right here on ESPN 106.3. I'll be talking. Pierre will be educating. Okay. Yeah. By the way, that is one of my favorite tones ever in sports. The draft day. Tone. Why don't you marry it? I don't know what that means. It's just, how could you not just be, it's so fun. It's light and it's exciting. I got us warmed up yesterday. Yeah. Talking about Kenny Pickett. By the way, do you have your no-name quarterback report today? He forgot, didn't he? Yes. Look yep. at his face. Look at, his Look face. at that pause. He doesn't even know the what to, guilt. how to respond. He just, he's not even looking at anybody. He's just going back and forth in his chair, waving the microphone. He does not have his paper. This guy. <laughs> this guy. He did Kenny Pickett yesterday and he just thought it was done. <laughs> you got nothing? Okay, cool. All right. Uh, we are presented by the FAU MBA Sport Management Program. This dude, man. This dude. Uh, we've been talking about the Yankees. We've been talking about them not pitching to Miggy, keeping him from 3,000 hits in front of the Detroit fans, and just how weak that entire thing was. Like The Yankees, that's soft stuff. Get him out. He's 39. If you can't trust your bullpen to get out 39-year-old Miguel Cabrera, you know what? You're probably not a contender. Okay? It's weak, weak stuff. We asked on social media the one word to describe the Yankees intentionally walking Miggy. Osmataz Buckshank says strategy. Sure, it was strategy. But as we said, it, just because it's the baseball norm doesn't mean it was the right decision because the guy coming to the plate, Austin Meadows, was better against lefty relievers so far this season. Early sample size, yes, but statistically better against lefty relievers than Miggy this year. He's a Yankees fan. The word strategy is just as much of a cop-out as yeah. Aaron Boone did. Strategy is a cop-out. It's a flat-out cop-out. Stacey Armentrout says shameful. That's a good yes. one. Yes. It was Come shameful. Come through, Stacey. And, and again, Yankees fans, I hope you feel some shame in this because that's, that's, not, that's not good. That's not something to be proud of. That's not something to be happy with Aaron Boone about. It's just not. The Steve Tom- empire. Steve Thomas, uh, he tweets, scared. It was scared what the Yankees did. Yeah, it was. It really was a wuss move. <laughs> I said wuss for the first time in 15 years. It was a wuss move. Well, to be fair, the first thing that came to my mind, I can't say on air, but that was a yeah. beep uh-huh. move. Yes. Uh, Anthony Fernandez says anticlimactic. You think, Anthony? You think? Uh, also, uh, Jeff T., he messages, they're the evil empire for not allowing him the chance for 3000 in front of the crowd. It was weak, yeah, but they did it to piss everyone off. Yeah, there was a petty aspect to it, too. You can't tell me. Aaron Boone can't tell me with a straight face there wasn't a petty aspect to that move yesterday. No. Like, come on. 
Come on. Super petty. So you think he wakes up in the morning knowing he's going to intentionally walk Miggy? No, but I think in that spot, I don't think you have to wake up in the morning and be like, I'm going to walk Miggy today. No. As the. You know, a part of me thinks <laughs> that he probably did that. I mean, in that morning, as far as reporters he's close to, I'm sure they asked him about it. Like early on, before that game even started. Like, you know, Miggy's one hit away. Obviously, he does. And then his mind starts racing. You know, how am I going to no, handle No, because it? that's something you know before the game, for but, sure. But you don't know, you don't know the bases are going to be he loaded. Or, or in the early innings, though, he would have. Walked him all. It, the super petty would have been to just walk him every time, like uh, like year two thousand three Barry Bonds. Like that would have been amazing if he just did that. That would almost draw my respect for Aaron Boone because that's just putting your pettiness out on display. This was like a, a, a try and sneak it in the back door type of petty. My favorite yeah. kind of petty, though, oh. not to defend him, but when you sneaky petty like that, <laughs> sneaky I mean, there's no Love sneaky it. petty in Detroit. Walking the guy one hit away. Yeah, and you can't poor, sneak out the back door. It was just really weak. Poor Detroit. They have something to look forward to, and it's absolutely ripped apart. From I know. That was my up. favorite take. Kids took off school mm-hmm. to come here. His yeah, family's the there. There were people taking off of school, taking off of work. His family is there, and then Aaron Boone walks him. Can <laughs> we hear the crowd one more time from from Bally's Detroit? The crowd one more time when they realize they go from. Oh, Miggy's up. Here comes history. Potentially. All the phones are out, ready oh, to yeah. record. To absolute abject. Fury towards Aaron Boone. Listen to this. But we could see uh, <laughs> Oh, the vitriol. I love how they were silent, too, to yeah. really take in the noises. Let me hear the transition from, from excited to angry one more time. But we could see... Uh, Oh, man, I love that. That is a deep vowel O oh, from yeah. the boo. Oh, that's from that's the for, chest. Oh, man, yeah. you feel Absolutely. that. Absolutely. Ed Killer tweets, lost in this argument is that Boone and the Yankees did pitch to Mickey three times and he went 0 for 3. Yeah, that's the thing, too. It was 0 for 3 on the day. So you don't trust in that moment that you can get out 39-year-old Miguel Cabrera, Aww. who was 0 for 3 on the day, and twenty nine ninety nine. let's not forget, was a uh, a, a softly hit infield single the night before. Right? That's laughable. Like, he hasn't squared up on anything in about four days. Okay. So come you. on, man. <laughs> like, come on. What's one word to describe the Yankees walking Miggy yesterday? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. And as always, hit us up on social media at KLV1063. I am a big fan. I was just I was just thinking about it. Like I love when I've got my phone in front of me and it's just so like quick. I love my Android. I, I and I get a lot of crap in the office. I don't know why this came to mind, but I get a lot of crap in the office about having an Android. You have an iPhone, right? Yes, I yeah. do. And, and I am one. One who gives you crap. Everybody else here has an iPhone. And the thing is, oh, when you text me, it doesn't show what color. So I have an Android as well. You do. She's uh, uh, Jeanette's been on an island, an Android island with me and for she, years. And she's getting swayed. She's about to come join, Wait, get away from the dark side. I'm, I'm in the process. I have, a, I have an appointment with my carrier on Sunday 
to potentially what does that switch mean? to He's iPhone. Devastated. An appointment with your carrier. What is what is your 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 phone <laughs> provider like your therapist? What is that? An appointment <laughs> no. with my carrier. What are you gonna sit down on a couch and say, oh well, this text didn't go through, and oh my 5G is not in good shape. With like, Larry is, from Verizon. Uh, what, so, what on an appointment with your carrier? <laughs> why don't you just walk into the damn phone store? No, I already have an iPhone with me because my other job gave me a company iPhone because of their camera. We take a lot of pictures and video on the iPhone that I have. But I've been so devoted and dedicated to my Android phone, and I've loved Android all my life. Uh, that, and then when it comes to that green-blue thing going on, the guy that I'm talking to right uh-huh. now has an Android phone. So we get blue messages, baby, and I get oh, receipts See, that's right how now. you know that it, it's, a, it's a connection, blue on blue. Exactly. But I, I need help, and I have the perfect scenario here. Do I switch to an iPhone or do I stick with my Android phone? But what are the pros and cons? Because the pros are Android and the cons are crap. iPhone, basic, automated. And it's not as technologically advanced as an Android. I mean, that's just facts. I don't know. I, I don't know what else to tell you. Androids are faster. Androids are sleeker. Androids are the better flip phones if you want to go big money route because I'm bougie. Yeah, sure. Plus, like for me, I love being unique and I love being out of the ordinary. So when people tell me, oh, I get that green text, I'm like, heck yeah, you do. Well, and that's the thing, too, about iPhone people is this whole text color thing. Like if if because you can't include Android users in like an iPhone group chat and the color shows up and uh, iPhone users automatically know that you don't have an iPhone. Ugh, you don't have an iPhone? Like You you people, Stone, and that's right, you people are so pretentious with your iPhone nonsense. Now, you cannot switch, Jeanette. Now, I'll give you a pro. I'm and, mad. And you guys are going to attack me for being a little Gen Z here. But here's one of the things that really gets me going. A little Gen Z or Gen uh, Z? Gen Z. Were you Z. choking when you said that? I was. Okay. <laughs> a little Gen Z here, and you okay. guys are going to come after me for it. But I, I really stand with this. Nowadays, emphasizing messages is really important. Like, if you don't want to reply to somebody, but you like what they said, you give them the thumbs up. And that's basically like saying, okay, I got it. Okay, thank you. But there's emojis but, for that. Right. You guys don't even get the emojis correctly. But here, what I'm saying about emphasizing if Ken sends a message, right, when we're prepping for the show, and I love it. Oh, we're going to run with that. I love it. And I try to emphasize it. A whole automated text gets sent that said, Stone emphasized the message. It doesn't tell you what message I emphasized or it doesn't show you that I did it. It's a text. That's like it's like a shortcut for your grandmother. Oh like, my gosh. You send an automated text. Get that's a selling yourself. point? That, like, I'm not sold. That, failed. That's you what failed, you're going to use though. to say that iPhones are superior to Androids? You're horrible. Seriously, though, you could have come up with, oh, their photos, the, the quality of photos is better. <laughs> I mean, the no, because Android, like that phone right there, Androids do take, they take good photos. Like, I'm not going to deny that. Okay. So Which that's is a what better sell than what? emphasize this message. I emphasize, like, I everybody I talk to. I less about that, Stone. I need right. something that's going to be efficient. The quality is going to be high. And Android has come through for me this whole freaking time. Listen, all I know is that iPhone users are pretentious, pretentious people. Okay iPhone users think they have all these little gadgets and that that makes it cooler. And what they do, they're like a gang, right? They're, they're in the majority, so they're going to try and keep the minorities down, the phone minorities down, okay? So they're phonists. They're phonists. Oh. They think that they own society, okay? So the Android, yeah, there's fewer of us, but we have better taste. We like the quicker phones. We love the technological advancement. But you know what they do? You know what they do with the iPhone? They're getting caught up in the brand. 
They're get, they're just getting caught up in the brand because we can go to the iPhone store. The Genius Bar. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> like, there's so many of these things. Ooh, I want my I want my my AirBuds. Oh, shut up. That's a movie. Okay. It's a great so, movie too. Uh, so so for me, you can't leave Android Island. Reconsider. Build a condo. Move in. Settle and have a family. Just see how your appointment you goes. You want me first, to have a family? That's not, that's not a good... A no. phone family. It's different. They're made of emojis. Okay, much better. Yeah. Yeah. Real first, family. Just see how your appointment goes with your Verizon therapist. If and, they and, tell and then get me... Back who, gets, who, who sets an appointment with their phone counselor? I've never heard of that <laughs> before. I've just always walked into the store. He's going to sell you on the iPhone because if you sit you know in front what? of him. My time is precious. I don't want to waste my time waiting around, looking awkwardly in a store, sitting on some bench outside. Two questions here, okay? Two questions here. Should Jeanette flip from Android to iPhone? This is, this is phone recruiting, okay? She has been, she's, she, she's wondering if she should be in the transfer portal. She's team Android right now. Always Should Jeanette go to the transfer portal and sign with team iPhone? Should she flip from Android to iPhone, and does anybody else set appointments to buy a phone? 888-760-3776, 888-760-3776, and on Twitter, at KLV1063. Should Jeanette enter, uh, enter the phone transfer portal? Right now, she's on Team Android. Should Jeanette leave to go into the transfer portal, and do you set appointments to buy a phone? 888-760-3776, 888-760-3776, and on Twitter, at KLV1063. Um, yes? You know, I want to talk about, eventually, if somebody calls in a defending iPhone, um, about FaceTime, because FaceTime, to me, sounds super scary. The fact that somebody can just call me up and video is automatically put there. That sounds miserable. So I find FaceTime like a serious con. Yeah, that's the thing. If you want to video call me. Set an appointment. Or use WhatsApp. Okay? Use WhatsApp. Said no one ever WhatsApp call me. Oh. I FaceTime 80% of my calls. Why? That's miserable. Why I would only, you do that to somebody? I don't even like talking on the phone phone to people. Because when you call somebody on the phone, you kind of got to ask them, where are you? You know, what are you doing? But when they answer FaceTime, you already get where they're are at you and what they're doing. Are you a serial killer? I don't care what people are. You want to see their background, their surroundings, so you can stalk them? Is that what you're saying, Stone? Mm, I'm sure. I, I want to stalk my friends that I want to hang out with, yes. But, but so you is, want to stalk me now? I'm gonna, are you going to stalk me if, if I If you're switch? at the Tampa Bay Bucks game, right, watching Tom Brady do make his comeback, I'm going to FaceTime you and, hey, turn the camera around. Let me see. Let me see. Not but I'm not I'm calling you on Brady. WhatsApp. I don't understand the thought process behind I want to see where my friends are at when I talk to them. That sounds like, really who creepy. Why don't you just ask them? I why do. Like, I say, oh, you're at the bar? I'll be there. But maybe they why did you need to see that then? Because I thought it was the whole point. You were going to be able to glean their location based off of, uh, of symbols and landmarks in the background. Maybe they don't want you there, Stone. Maybe they're <laughs> no. doing it on purpose. <laughs> I have never heard of that where, oh, I want to see where they're at. I don't care. When I talk to somebody on the phone, I don't give two solitary bleeps about where they're at. Are you okay, Stone? Do you need friends? No, I don't. I don't. I will FaceTime my group last night when I wanted to talk to three of them. We're in a group chat. I FaceTimed them. We all picked up. 
hashed it out, chopped like, it I up just, a little bit. I don't understand. It. I, again, I I want to go back to this. I like FaceTiming, so I know where they're at. Like, what is Sure Stone Homes over here? It's like, hmm, green wall. I see a football helmet. Are you at a Duffy's? Like, what are you? What are you an investigator? What are you doing there? I just like I said, I want to know where they're at, and it makes it kind of quicker. Like, hey, I'll, okay, I'll meet you there. Or kind of, are you on your way home yet? Yeah, I see him in the car. All right, cool. See, and now we get the gist of what's going on. Okay. And in a, in it, let's just act this out real quick. You know what the alternative to that is? Instead of FaceTiming them and putting yourself in danger, potentially while you're driving, it's like, Jeanette, where are you? On the car. Is oh. It, is that a text message? And scene. Is no, that a text message? We were just talking on the phone. Okay. Uh-huh. Okay. That was a phone conversation. Like hands-free. And it can be a text message if you're at a stop sign. Stoplight. <laughs> when we come back, more rules of the road. Should Jeanette go in to the phone transfer portal? She's team Android. Should she flip to iPhone? And have you ever set an appointment to buy a phone? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. On Twitter, at KLV1063. It's a Friday. She's Jeanette Javier. And is she going to flip? I'm Ken Levick. I'm live on ESPN1063. From the Anajar and Levine Studios in downtown West Palm Beach, you are listening to Ken LaVica Live on ESPN 106.3. A breaking text from my wife. You've never just walked in a store for a phone. I've taken care of all of your purchases. Ha ha! She came through! Yes, Phoebe! Oh, God. On blast! (laughs) She told you... Oh, Jeanette, who makes appointments? You've never even walked into a store. <laughs> who are you to say anything? He don't even know how it works. Exactly. <laughs> We're presented by the FAU MBA Sport Management Program. Visit fau.edu slash MBA sport. Sit down. <laughs> oh, I got the clap. I got the Dominican clap. That's what they call it. Per syllable, honey. Oh, boy. Don't leave Team Android. Come on, you found a man who who blew texts with you too. Well, the issue with said beautiful man is that he lives in the Midwest. That's the fine. That's country. fine. Well, all you have is the blue messages. That's all I have is the blue message. That's what I knew was for real. We went on one date down here, and he goes, "Oh, I have to go back to Chicago tomorrow morning." I can just see and now. And then we switched, uh, and then we exchanged numbers, and then it was like a blue text. And I was like, oh, my God, it's the love of my life. I can just see now, like, it's 2.30 in the morning. The lights are off. Jeanette just laying alone in bed. A distant police siren in the background. And then her phone lights up and a blue tint is seen on the wall. And that's love. It's close. That's love. That's the scene. That's Jeanette's life right now. It's just, is a blue light on my phone? I get read receipts. <laughs> what? Oh, is this what God. love feels like? You iPhone people, you are the most pretentious. Uh, hey, last night, two, not one, two. Dos. 25 plus point comebacks. The Minnesota Timberwolves, I mean, we're talking poverty franchise. <laughs> Just utter embarrassment. Just, just poverty <laughs> franchise. But don't worry, they won the championship in the play-in game a week and a half ago. I mean, Pat Beverly, in the opening three minutes of the game, oh. is driving by John Morant and giving him the too small hand motion. Twice. He did it twice, and then he took that L once. 
Well, I, I mean, uh, twice. Yeah, I guess he did take that L twice, too. That's true. I love it. I love this drama. I love that he's so overconfident. Yeah, I mean, they, and they were going back and forth on Twitter last night. Like, Ja quote tweeted Carl Anthony Towns. Like, there's drama brewing. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Ja does not back down from any trash talk. In fact, let's hear Ja after the game last night at the podium when he was doing his postgame. Oh, do we have that, Stone, or do we have him in the uh, on the floor in his uh, in his postgame interview? Just let me know because he he is he is just all over the trash talk, all over the trash talk. And think about if you're a Timberwolves fan today, you witness your team up 25 in the first half. And then 26 in the second half. And then within four and a half game minutes, that 26-point lead was gone. Bye-bye. A 21-0 run, Stone. 21-0 run. And then after the game, John Morant just sticking the dagger in Timberwolves fans. How did it feel at the end of the game, you know, to get the last laugh? Good. I'm disrespectful just like they disrespectful. That's why, you see, I threw that ball in the air. I asked for the ball. Um, I know what we're capable of, and like I said, like this morning, you know, that was our goal, come in and, you know, win games on the road and have their fans go home mad. So, you know, it'd probably be a lot of people, you know, drinking tonight with that L. <laughs> I seen a video, too. Um, y'all see it later, though. Oh, I man. love it so much. A lot of people drinking tonight with that L. Yes. You know man. what? And the fact that he takes so much ownership of it, he's like, and what? And I did that. And you want some more? They disrespectful, so I'm going to be disrespectful See, not only to you, your arena, your fan base, everyone. Yeah, and drinking. that's the thing. Like you said, Aaron Boone, would he ever wake up petty thinking that I'm just going to walk Mango Cabrera? No. But John Morant does wake up wondering what's the pettiest thing that I can do. And you're right. He checked every box. Yeah. Fans, arena, <laughs> city, <laughs> like everything, team, everything. Love- he chose violence. He did choose violence. You said he took ownership. Post-game, on the floor, getting interviewed, the kid, the 20-year-old kid, took so much ownership. No, we'll do that. We'll do that, too. We'll do that. We'll, we'll, we'll compare him and, quote-unquote, superstar Trey Young uh, because we have a thing now where uh, we compare people that actually are superstars and yes. what they say yes, and yes, how yes, they yes. act and, and, and lead by example, and then Trey Young. We'll get to that later on uh, in the show. But I think about it. clarify, too, that Stone is the one who does that, compares these superstars to people who, and Trey Young. Oh, yeah, that's true. That's a great point. <laughs> it's a, it's a and, great point. And Jay Will. But, and, I mean, and Jay Will. But and Jay Will. with Kevin Durant and the way he's playing, he spoke after the game and took full ownership, said, I need to be better. And he, he, you know, he broke down X's and O's and, and you know, what they're kind of doing to him and how they're trapping him, how they're playing defense against him. And then Trey Young talking about the refs and they need to call more fouls. And then John Morant last night. So we're just perspectives from professionals. But right? I like to think that I'm teaching Stone what a proper superstar, the way he approaches <laughs> uh, ad- ad- adversity and, and tough moments. Uh, but don't worry, Trey Young's a superstar. He's a superstar because he beat the Knicks. <laughs> but think about it. <laughs> and the Hornets. Uh, right. And, and you have. You, and the Sixers, eating five. So you've got, uh, you've, got, you've got two 25 or more point leads that you're enjoying. And you see a team come back twice, including a 21-0 run where, oh, I don't know, Chris Finch wanted to call a timeout at any point there, T-Wolf's coach, maybe a timeout, little little timey, little little hand in the palm, time, 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 timeout. Nope, nothing. 21-0 run. Figure it out. And then the TV timeout happened, and that was the first timeout of that sequence was once they had lost the lead completely after being up by 26 points. 
What is the most traumatic comeback that you as a fan have ever been on the wrong end of? Because last night, for the Timberwolves, that's that. There's never been another game in Timberwolves history where the comeback has been as traumatic. And there's been a lot of losses in Timberwolves history. There's never been a more traumatic loss than that. You as a fan, what is the most traumatic comeback loss that you've ever been on the wrong end of? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. And on Twitter, at KLV1063. She's Jeanette Javier. I'm Ken Levick. I'm live on ESPN1063. From the Anajar and Levine Studios in downtown West Palm Beach, you are listening to Ken LaVica Live on ESPN 1063. Hey, we're presented by the FAU MBA Sport Management Program. Visit fau.edu slash MBA Sport. What is the most traumatic comeback you've been on the wrong end of as a fan? Because T-Wolves fans are going through it. After last night, a 21-0 run. That run that the Grizzlies went on is old enough to drink. That's crazy. That's insane. And you lost two, kind of two, 25 or more point leads. Carl Anthony Towns, um, I'm trying to figure out the best way to describe how he's played in this series so far, Stone. Keeping in mind that the T-Wolves have actually won a game in this series. Game one, game two and three, Carl Anthony Towns has been, how do I say this, um, an abject disaster? I don't know. Amateur. He's, amateur, man. He's a, been an a, amateur a, hour. A lot, of, a lot of the fouls down the stretch last night were just completely unnecessary and, like I said, amateur. I was just going to say poopy. Yeah, he has been poopy. Ten fouls, seven made field goals for Carl Anthony Towns in the last two games. Mm-hmm. That's um, <clears throat> bad. Uh, 888-760-3776, 888-760-3776, and on Twitter, at KLV1063. The most traumatic comeback you've been on the wrong end of as a fan. Let's start things off in Fort Pierce with Sam. Sam, you're on Ken LeVick Alive. Hey, guys. 2010 New York Giants versus the Philadelphia Eagles. I'm a New York Giants fan. Uh, We're up 21 points. We're a little bit less than eight minutes in the fourth quarter. Uh, Vic and the Eagles score four unanswered uh, touchdowns, one being that punt to Deshaun, Deshaun Jackson. Jackson. At the end oh, of the game. Yep. wow. Yep. Yeah, and um, that was a tiebreaker for the division, and we didn't make the playoffs uh-huh. even with a 10-6 and six record, and the Eagles got it. Sam, you know what my, my, my biggest recollection of that is the look on Tom Coughlin's face and then the anger as he fires down the clipboard to walk to the middle of the field to shake hands. That's like my lasting burned-in-my-brain image of the Deshaun Jackson punt return to win it. I, I sat there after uh, in the couch and not like moving. I don't want to be weird or anything, but it was like <laughs> I've been there. I was watching it. We wanted to beat the Eagles. Vic had the Eagles on fire. You, you know when your defense has such a great plan and you can visibly see exactly yeah. what they're doing. It was yeah. amazing. And then we're watching Aaron Ross instead of containing, spinning inside. Vic gets away. Vic pump fakes the guy jumps. He literally ducks under them. And while I'm just watching him and listening to you talking about Carl Anthony Towns. It almost seems like teams start to implode, where it's like, okay, I'm doing dumb things. I'm just going to keep doing dumb yeah. things. Like they can't, just, they, they uh, can't break out of over. it. Yeah, they cannot yeah. snap out yeah. of it, and that's exactly what happened last night. And appreciate the call, Sam. I mean, Cat, 
just, it was one dumb thing after another with him last night. And then everybody followed suit. Uh, yeah, I want to defend that as an athlete because sometimes you can't help it. Like, like crowd. You're just going to be embarrassing. Yeah, you're just going to be embarrassing. Like, <laughs> I've, been a, I've been a part of, like, I've been there of dumb thing after another, especially at the quarterback position. So sometimes you can't help it. Ja and them boys played defense. A lot of the things they did had nothing to do with Minnesota last night. Uh, Phil Promato, he's a Knicks fan, says Reggie Miller, eight points, <laughs> nine seconds in the playoffs. Yep. I remember that vividly. Oh, that's so good. Uh, the ghost of Tom Jones. The Jets scored 30 points in the fourth quarter against the Dolphins on Monday Night Football, October 2000, and eventually win the game 40-37. to That is the Monday Night Miracle. That was Jumbo Elliott catching a touchdown in the back of the end zone as Dave Wanstead looked on helplessly. Dolphins fans, you know what I'm talking about. But for me, the Dolphins-Broncos-Tebow game. That's still the damnedest thing I've ever seen in person. <laughs> I've never seen anything like it. The Broncos were terrible. Tim Tebow did nothing in that game. The Dolphins had it won midway through the third quarter, and all of a sudden, uh, it, was, it truly was as if Tim's father had reached down from the heavens and had begun to guide the football and guide Tim into the end zone. And then uh, you had a a 55-yard field goal that tied it up and forced overtime, and then the Broncos won the game. That was insane. That was absolutely insane. Uh, For me, the Tebow comeback on – on Gators Day at uh, at Dolphins and Broncos is my comeback where I'm just like, what in the hell just happened? I still think about it. It's still in my head. I will occasionally think about how insane it was. And I was at Carlos Dansby's locker after the game. And he sat there and he was all dazed. And he just said, it's almost like God helped them. I've never seen a locker room just as stunned as that Dolphins locker room was. Everybody thought God helped them. Everybody thought God helped Tim Tebow. It was insane. He perpetuated that. Uh, Jeanette, is there one that stands out to you, a comeback that crushed your soul? Absolutely. I witnessed it in person uh, this year, January, when I saw the Bucks and the Rams go off in the divisional round of the playoffs in Tampa. Interesting. So this is an interesting spin on this question because... Your team made an epic comeback, the Buccaneers. 24 points. Only to have it go for absolutely nothing. I wouldn't say absolutely nothing. Well, it was you some had... of the most exciting minutes of sure, my life. But then it ended in heartbreak and you in a puddle of tears. Absolutely. We, or White Claw. I, I lost. <laughs> a puddle of White Claw, right. <laughs> that's, how, that's how I sobered up. <laughs> but I remember vividly I was standing there in the crowd with my two flags because every seat got a, a flag and I was stealing all of them. So I pretty much had five flags in my hand waving. And everything. And then. You're such a dork. Whatever. It was, you know, I paid $700 for the ticket. <laughs> I'm going to take flags all the want. flags. Yeah. All the flags are mine. I don't care. <laughs> um, and then, of course, you see the pass. And you see Acres wide open mm-hmm. on the other side of the field. Dead silence. Yeah. And everybody was just standing there. And no flags were being waved. We were kind of like in awe of what was actually happening, but we were absolutely distraught once we came back to earth and realized we just lost a game after the Buccaneers came with 24 points in two quarters to move on. Yeah, And potentially, potentially at the time it was Tom Brady's 
last, last game. game, right? Until he <laughs> fake retired, and then he came back, and it's wonderful, and we're so we're just so happy he's Total coming back. Fraud! What a leader. Uh, Philip Michaels, and this market continues to be hilarious. The Oakland A's. <laughs> Look, uh, he tweets Oakland A's postseason runs: 2000, 2001, 2002, 2003, 2013, 2014. You know what? You'll find something from everybody here in Palm Beach County in the Treasure Coast. I don't think I've met an Oakland A's fan before. You know what? I don't think I have either. I don't think I know. I don't think I know an A's fan. I don't. Are you an Oakland A's fan? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. Are you an Oakland A's fan? 888-760-3776. Are you out there? And are you Okay. They're not showing up to the games right now. That's for damn sure. Now, while they also don't have a team that wants to be there anymore and are probably moving, I don't blame them for not going. That's why I want to ask if they're okay. Yeah, probably not. There's a lot going on. (laughs) Yeah, probably not. Uh, Madalenia says 2003 NLCS Game 6. That's Cubs-Marlins-Bartman game. Now, conversely... That's one of the greatest sports moments of my life. And let me just reset for those who might not know. Some of you who listen to this show regularly know where I rank the greatest sports moments in my life, okay? But in case you were wondering, okay, the top sports moment in my life, the Chicago White Sox winning the World Series in 2005, that surpassed what was the previous greatest moment of my sports life, the Cubs blowing the 3-1 lead against the Marlins in the NLCS in 2003. He's giddy, y'all. He's smiling from ear to ear. So that's now number two. That's number, now, that, that is now number two greatest sports moment of my <laughs> life, okay? It did get surpassed by the White Sox winning the World Series, but there was a two-year span where I had the pettiest greatest sports moment of anybody in the history of the planet. My favorite sports moment was the Cubs losing in spectacular fashion due to a guy with headphones on blowing up the series. Okay? You know, you're thriving right now with that memory. Uh, really, you are. Thriving. You are gleaming. It still makes me smile because then the Cubs winning the World Series was and still is and will always be the worst sports moment of my life. Did you cry? I um. If you have to- no, but it ruined it. Like I was legit in just a shell for a week. Didn't want to talk to anybody. Didn't want to go online. Didn't want to look on Twitter. Nothing. Nothing. So you really just wanted them to live in their curse. Oh yeah, I wanted that. I wanted them to bathe in it. Cups fans don't deserve anything. They didn't deserve anything. They don't deserve anything. And it's a damn shame that they actually did get delivered a title. After a hundred years, I think they deserve. No, a break. no, I'm not going to hear that. I'm not going to hear that. I'm going to pretend you did not say that. What is the <laughs> comeback? That you were on the wrong end of that was most traumatic to you. Stone, do you have one? Yeah, I most definitely do. It was last spring we were in the FCS quarterfinals, the Southern Illinois Salukis. Okay, you were the starting quarterback for that team. Yes, sir. And uh, to get into the playoffs, it, it took us winning two of the last games against teams that we were underdogs against. So, so we had a lot of momentum going on our side, and it was the one seed we were playing in the quarterfinals in their home stadium. Ended up getting a 24-14 lead with 10 minutes to go in the fourth. So feeling really good. Ended up blowing the lead and losing by four. And, and, yeah, I don't think I'll live that one down because it was my redshirt senior year. It was my last mm-hmm. game on a football field. And blowing a 10-point lead in the fourth is tough. Do you still think about it if you have some alone time? One million percent. I can actually go through the plays in my head very vividly. It was, I was on the receiving end of it. Dang. I had a couple of interceptions down the stretch. Mm-hmm. How many? Two. Okay. 
two. Okay. Not three. But crushing? Oh. Like, dr- like dr- sustained drive ending or deep in their territory? What are we talking about here? One was um, kind of just a miscommunication, and the other was in the red zone. So very costly. Very, Ooh. very costly. Mm-hmm. To go, honestly, you know, we end up scoring that drive. We're up 17 with like 8.15 left on the clock. So traumatic for me, no doubt about that. Oh, man. I feel bad that I even brought it up now. I was like, well, I think you're doing great right now. <laughs> that I helps. think you're the MVP that after helps. me and then after Ken, but definitely third. <laughs> that was very sweet of you, Jeanette. Well I do done. what I can. Way to make him feel better. You know what's going to make you feel better? When it's Heat Sixers, round two, you got tickets, you're headed down to FTX Arena, and it's time to jump on the old train, Brightline. Brightline.com, the Go Brightline app. Because that is the way to travel in style in South Florida. Brightline is the way to travel in comfort in South Florida. The way to travel in convenience in South Florida. And the way to make sure that you don't miss any of the heat game. Brightline. Go Brightline.com. That buzzer beater train gets you to the Miami station, which is a block and a half away from FTX Arena. You get off the train and use those legs of yours. A quick little skip over to the FTX Arena. You'll watch the heat. You'll watch the Sixers. You'll watch the heat take that. And then when the game ends, you celebrate good times. You're wearing your white hot shirt. You'll walk your way back to the Miami station. You get on the train and you head back home. Stops in West Palm, Fort Lauderdale, and Miami. The only way to get through South Florida, to travel through South Florida, unless you're a masochist and you don't count, that's Brightline. Go Brightline.com and the free Brightline app. Hey, you can punish yourself in your car with brake lights and traffic, or you can get on Brightline and travel in style. Don't miss this opportunity. Go Brightline.com or the free Brightline app. That is Brightline. What is the most traumatic comeback you've been on the wrong end of as a fan? And when we return, I'm looking to change the way that ESPN West Palm works. She's Jeanette Javier. I'm Ken Levick. I'm live on ESPN 106.3. Oh, it from the Anajar and Levine Studios in downtown West Palm Beach, you are listening to Ken LaVica Live on ESPN 106.3. I swear to God, I just work with savages around here at ESPN West Palm. Not everybody can be as cultured as me. That's a fact. Ugh. I don't know why I had that guttural groan. That was weird. Was, do, you feel, do you feel better about yourself? I don't know. That was actually unintendedly manly. And I thought you mm. meant that everybody else is cultured and you still have a lot more to learn. So I take back my... That's yeah, I know. That statement. was a weird praise on your part. No, I take it back. Ugh. We're presented by... The FAU MBA Sport Management Program. Visit fau.edu slash MBA Sport. Hey, Mike Tannenbaum, our football insider, is going to join us at 145 for your listening pleasure. And again, still have time to weigh in on one, the Yankees. What's one word to describe the Yankees walking Miggy yesterday? And what is the comeback you've been on the wrong end of that's been most traumatic as a fan? 888-760-3776, 888-760-3776. And somebody talk some sense into Jeanette, please, so she doesn't leave me alone, isolated on Team Android, where all I'm going to be doing now on Team Android is scavenging for sticks and food and trying to kill small animals and stay alive. Uh, I, I just need, I don't know. I want to be with you on this island, 
this island no, in the middle wanna, of the Caribbean. Now you want to go to the mainland with people like Stone who FaceTime 80% of the time. Well, I don't know. I need some convincing. Because he wants to know where you are when you talk to Jenna, do you know how many times I'm going to FaceTime you? Like during the week if you if is, you become it, Team iPhone? Is that, suppo- is that supposed to sell me? Hell yeah. No, it's not yeah, working. It sounds like a threat, actually. <laughs> where are you at? You on your way to work? I'm just going to be just finding out where you're at. What's going on? <laughs> I don't know. Absolutely no. Uh, that's a no. That's a con. You wake up. You making breakfast? I'm, I'm right there. I'm calling all the time. <laughs> I'm just not gonna pay. I'm just gonna block. What a weirdo. Uh, so <laughs> this spoke to me when I saw it this week. Okay, I notoriously don't like people. Okay. Mm-hmm. I just don't like people. I don't like being around them. I don't like how they smell. Don't like how they look. Don't like how they talk. I just don't like any people. Okay. I don't like people. Uh, I also don't like when people acknowledge my birthday. You know, I, I, I'm 37. I haven't, my last notable birthday was, was, I don't know, like 26 years ago. Okay. So I don't need happy birthday, happy B-day, thumbs up. Oh, here's a card. I don't need that stuff. I don't want that stuff. Like talk to me when I'm 40. All right. I got benchmark birthday. All right. If I survive that long. So this is from NBC News. A Kentucky man with an anxiety disorder asked his employer not to celebrate his birthday because it would trigger a panic attack. When the company, Gravity Diagnostics, ignored Kevin Berling's request and had a surprise lunchtime celebration for him August 7th, 2019, he got upset, and days later, Berling was fired, according to a lawsuit that he filed against the company in a Kenton County court. On March 31st, a jury awarded him $450,000. The jury found that Burling suffered an adverse employment action because of his anxiety disability. The saga began in August 2019 when Burling told his office manager that he did not want to celebrate his birthday because it would trigger a panic attack. The company has a practice of having birthday celebrations at the office for employees. Hmm, sounds familiar. However, the company surprised him on his birthday with a celebration in the lunchroom. Burling had a panic attack. He quickly left and finished the rest of his lunch in his car and then texted his manager upset that the company failed to accommodate his request. A day after the celebration, Berlin was called into a meeting where he was confronted and criticized for his reaction to the birthday party. Quote, this confrontation triggered another panic attack, the lawsuit says. At the conclusion of this meeting and because the plaintiff had a panic attack, plaintiff was sent home from work for the remainder of August 8th and August 9th. On August 11th, he was sent a letter telling him he was being terminated because of the events the previous week. Berlin sued and won $450,000. So that brings me to ESPN West Palm. Let's bring in Tina Home Team. She's the one of the three co-hosts, producer of Josh Cohen and the Home Team, and... You're in charge of the birthday celebrations here at ESPN West Palm, correct? I am. She buys the cards. She buys the cookies. She buys the cupcakes. All of these things. Answer me, Tina. What do you think is the most awkward thing that we do here at ESPN West Palm? Probably when we have the whole entire team sing happy birthday Mm -hmm. to the birthday Mm -hmm. boy or girl. Let me paint a picture. As a longtime Division One play-by-play broadcaster, okay? So what we do, we have a long table in our kitchen area in our expansive office space here at the Phillips Point Towers in downtown West Palm Beach, okay? So what everybody does is either Tina 
or marketing director Courtney, they skitter around the office and make sure, hey, hey, you busy right now? Hey, we're going to come sing happy birthday to teammate X. We're going to come sing happy birthday to manager X. And everybody leaves their little cubicle area or their studio, and they all scamper out into the kitchen, and they form a circle, a very imposing circle. And they all stare at the birthday person. And then somebody awkwardly starts singing, Happy. And then everybody <laughs> is able to 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 join in, and it's a chorus of badly sung happy birthday. And then the person whose birthday it is, they turn red, and they want it to just be over. And then we say, oh, say something, say something. And sometimes people give a long soliloquy that nobody really wanted to hear. And then sometimes they duck away, embarrassed that this happened to them, and just say, thanks, everybody, even though they didn't want to be a part of that. So, Tina... Do you think this is good for office morale? Do you think that the happy birthday office party is a good idea, especially after hearing this story out of Kentucky about panic attacks and lawsuits? How do you feel about this, Tina, in charge of birthdays? So that story definitely, okay, like that guy's situation, I I totally understand. If someone came to me and said that, I would not do any sort of birthday singing mm. or I would, you know, still do the card that we do and, you know, get some treats, but, you know, not have every gather everyone and sing happy birthday. Mm-hmm. If someone approached me with, you know, hey, I have anxiety. And if we do this, you know, I could possibly mm-hmm. have a panic attack. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. No one has ever approached me mm. with that when it comes mm. to birthdays. Um, someone, uh, you know, let that's, me, uh, let me bring you back to the next year to me. 2020, the year of our Lord, 2020, that was pandemic times tough for everybody. Right. Jeanette, very tough. People were wondering what the future was going to be like. Am I going to get sick? Can I go grocery shopping? When are schools going to open? What's my future? Well, 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 I decided that I just at the Unbenchmark age of 35 didn't want to do the customary ESPN West Palm birthday Zoom. I just didn't want to do it. I felt it was a waste of everybody's time. People in a very difficult time in our in our generation had other things to worry about than Ken Lavica's birthday. Okay, so I I you're think exaggerating you would, so much. I think you would uh, would agree with me, Tina. I respectfully declined the birthday Zoom, thinking that I could increase the minimal productivity we had with the economy shut down by not having people leave their at-home work duties to be a part of a birthday Zoom. Do you recall it the same way, Tina? I do. You did ask me. You said, I don't want uh, to sing happy. I don't want to do the birthday Zoom this year. You said, that's my wish. Mm -hmm. My wish is that we do not do the birthday Zoom. And Mm -hmm. what did I do? You did not hold a birthday Zoom. I did not. But then what happened, Tina? But then I was asked, Mm -hmm. why are we not doing a birthday Zoom for Ken's birthday? Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. I let them know his wish was to not have it. Mm -hmm. And he didn't, he, you were going on vacation too, I think that weekend Mm -hmm. you were off or something. So it ended up, you know, I kind of had that excuse of like, oh, well, he's actually not even here on his birthday, Mm -hmm. you know, so he didn't want the birthday Zoom. I just sent out the email. We also sent out an email with like fun questions to get to know the teammates better. It was a great time. You know, so um, yeah, you said you said you didn't want it, though. And I did not do the birthday Zoom. And I was asked why, because we didn't want, you know, we hope that when we do these birthdays and two, especially during the pandemic, we're so big on here at GKB and ESPN West Palm being a team. So we like to gather, have those treats, you know, write the card 
and just have a good time and celebrate our teammates' birthdays. Mm-hmm. Another trip around the sun. Yep. And yeah, you hate that. Oh, yeah. I, I, I don't like you it. You hate it. In fact, I think it triggers anxiety. <laughs> I, don't, I, I don't think it's a laughing matter, Stone. Okay, it's funny. Um, <laughs> but uh, you, the, you, you, were, you, were, you were told, no, we, we have to have the birthday Zoom, right? There was yes, some, one of your higher-ups. To... One of your higher-ups. You can name names if you want. But one of your higher-ups. Not going to name names. One of your higher-ups said, <laughs> no, that's not an option for Ken. We are not. We are not willing to accommodate his birthday wish. And we have Zooms on birthdays at ESPN West Palm, even if it's his birthday wish. That happened, right, Tia? Wait, wait, yeah. Wait, didn't we have to redo it? Or did you not ever get one? No, I got an are you sure? Even though it was my wish. If I put the pressure my on. birthday, right. If I had my birthday said, Ken, what's your birthday wish? And I said, world peace. Well, I did not ask for your birthday No wish. more fighting. <laughs> I'd like everybody to live in close proximity, holding hands, and do good things for those less fortunate. Do you think I get a are you sure response to that? No, we'd say, oh, great. I, I'd love to see your birthday wish granted, but here at ESPN West Palm, my wish was not world peace. It was to not have a birthday Zoom. And I got a, are you sure? Do you think that's good, Miss In Charge of Birthdays, Tina well, Home Team? Again, all you said was you did not want one. Uh-huh. You did not give me, you did not tell me if you have anxiety or that's how you felt about it. You just said, <laughs> I would just not like to have one. No one here. No one, mm. a lot of teammates here don't like the birthday singing, but mm. we still do it because if you hear us singing, it's hilarious because we're horrible well, at, when we sing happy birthday and it sounds bad. So it's not, you know, if someone asked, told me they did not want it because it could, you know, affect them in a way mm. and have, again, them maybe have a panic attack. I would never do it, but it's, you know, no one's came, came to me with that. And I think it's, you know, it's, mm. it's just singing happy birthday. Mm. Well, we just want to celebrate. My birthday is July second. Fun. And all I'm I'll saying that. is that I've been feeling a little uptight <laughs> as of late, and I I don't think ESPN West Palm wants to go the route of this dude in Kentucky. So all I'm saying is that maybe <laughs> You're this me year, a fair Kamlavica doesn't have to have a little birthday singing circle. Maybe, maybe, huh? In we still got some time. All I'm saying yeah, is are that you sure? now. All I'm saying that now, now, I have a game plan. I have a blueprint. Thanks, Kentucky. Right, G? <laughs> yeah, well, the irony for me mm-hmm. is that uh, I have never been sung happy birthday to. I have never received a birthday card. Gina I've home never team. received cookies. I have never received cake, and I've been here for three Gina years. Tina home team. What is going on here, Tina home team? So you mean to tell me that my birthday wish couldn't be granted, but this hard worker, this Excellent contribution to ESPN West Palm's on-air roster. Hasn't even had a birthday circle or cookies or cupcakes. Tina home team. The only thing I can say to that is that, you know, when we do the birthdays here, a lot of our teammates who are in the office, we gather around because they're in the office all the time. And Jeanette is not always in the office. She's here only... Uh, you know, again, if her again, I, I feel like I try to schedule them around when people are here. So if I haven't when she was on the show, that's my bad. She used to come in only from five to six for Evan Cohen. Mm. And so she was never here when the entire team was here. Um, I will do a better job of getting our other teammates who aren't here all the time and when they have birthdays to sing to them. We still, though, always do a card for them. And I know that we do cards mm. for even our teammates who aren't here fully in the office. 
Um, but if you would like, I will make sure there's a celebration next time, Jeanette, and Ken's going to be the lead singer. <laughs> it gives me anxiety. I could have had my cookies, though, from five to six. It could By have been way, left on the counter. Here's your first ever birthday card. I feel like we gave card. you plantain chips. Here's your first ever birthday card from ESPN West Palm. There you Thank go. You, happy birthday, Jeanette. It says, happy birthday, G. Oh, thank you, Ken. My by the way, I don't blame you for any of this. I blame uh, marketing director Courtney for all of this, by the way. Oh, okay. So you know. Okay? All right. So all I'm saying, Tina, is that I'm setting a base. So maybe we can negotiate a little bit, but I don't think anybody likes office birthdays. I actually think that's a valid question. What about the emails we send out? How do you feel about those? I kind of like that because I like to show off some things, but I want questions that are like, what's the coolest <laughs> thing you've done? What is the best accomplishment you've had? Where's the coolest stadium you've called a game from? I don't want Not like, everyone gets to call games from stadiums. I don't want like, like what's the name of your dog? I want, I want, what's your greatest career accomplishment? Like, so could you change it for me a little bit so I can show off and flex a little bit? Does that seem like a good idea, Jeanette? Sure. How yeah. about this? Okay. I will let you pick all the questions that you would love to answer to let the whole team know so you can flex on them, uh-huh. do whatever you want. Yeah. But Birthday we have flex. But we have to still sing. Mm. Well, I'm going to have to uh, talk to my people and then we'll uh, <laughs> we'll get back to you. Okay. okay. You know what I will accept is just a recorded happy birthday song that's sent to me. How about that? That's not you a bad idea. You want to perform? You want to perform so bad? Just send it to me. Less anxiety. I'm just saying. I'll see. I have some time. July 2nd. Our office birthday party's good. Our office birthday party's good because for us, we stand in a circle, we sing to someone's face, and then there's some cupcakes that like three people eat. Unless you're Jeanette. Unless you're Jeanette. But that's going to change. We have gotten assurances from the queen of birthdays, (laughs) the the baroness of birthdays, birthdays, Tina Home Team, that Jeanette will have one this year. Congrats, by the way. (laughs) Our office birthday party's good. (laughs) 888-760-3776. Tristan's in Wilmington. Tristan's on Ken LeVick Alive. Tristan, are you okay? Yes. Okay, good. Yes, I am great. And I think the only thing... In the office, it's for me. It's not that bad. I just love. I love the fact that you got in trouble, or at least someone was upset with. Someone you asked me, for yes, me why? Declining a why? birthday. <laughs> yes, why? Why are we not doing this for Ken? Oh man, it was hey, his wish. That's so funny. It was my wish, and I appreciate that. Yes. Um, I I apologize for putting you on the spot, but you are it's the okay. baroness of birthdays. Yes, here I at am. ESPN West Palm, and I needed to address that with you because I just need the company to know that now I have a blueprint. Okay? okay? I have a blueprint. Okay, and- Karen. <laughs> I'm on your side, Ken. Yeah. I don't think you're being a Karen. Yeah. Like, some people like it. I don't. But what I do want to do is, via email, tell people about how great I am. Is that fair? Is that good? That's my birthday wish. Just let me tell people how great I am this <laughs> what is it? year. What did you call it? A birthday flex? Birthday flex. Birthday flex. Yeah. Uh, Tina, thank you. Uh, what are you going to do today at four on the home team? Um, home team will actually be live at ER Bradley's. Are you um, going to be there? I will be in studio, but Dean, Theo, and Josh will be live at ER Wait, Bradley's. Hold on a second. So Theo gets to go out there, but you stay back here? What kind of nonsense is that? Well, Theo can't produce. I What a raw deal, Stone. It's yeah, okay. I could have held it down in the stew for, for she, Tina. Yeah. I don't know. I'm in the studio, but uh, it's okay. Marketing Director Courtney, what is going on around here? We'll talk football with Mike Tannenbaum when we come back. Thank you, Tina. She's Jeanette Javier. I'm Ken Levick. I'm live on ESPN 106.3. From the Anajar and Levine Studios in downtown West Palm Beach, you are listening to Ken Levick Alive 
on ESPN 106.3. Anti-Office Birthdays Unite. Woo! We're presented by... The FAU MBA Sport Management Program. Visit fau.edu slash MBA sport. Jeanette Javier hanging out on this Friday. Stone Labanowitz Friday Night Lights. We are inching towards the NFL draft. I mean, absolutely inching towards the NFL draft. Now, we need to clear some things up because we had this Debo Samuel conversation yesterday. I don't know what his value is if he doesn't want to carry the football anymore because he's not Devontae Adams. He's not Tyreek Hill. If he just wants to be a number one wide receiver, I just don't know how to value him. And so if he's going to force his way out of San Francisco, how do the 49ers pull this off to where it's worth it? And I was thinking, Jeanette, who can we talk to and who do we talk to weekly that can answer these questions? And I came up with a good answer. What is it? Mike Tannenbaum. Mike Tannenbaum joins us every week here on Ken LaVica Live. He is our football insider, former GM of the New York Jets, executive vice president of football operations with the Dolphins. And I just imagine Mike Tannenbaum right now in a small room with files and papers like up to his neck, and he's just drowning in NFL draft analysis just a couple of days out. Uh, Mike, how are you holding up? Are you getting enough sleep? We care about you, and we want to make sure that uh, that you're handling the lead up here to the draft and all your duties uh, in, in a healthy way all good my friend ready to roll and looking forward to next thursday night like all the other good football fans out there absolutely and mike t will be uh a part uh, of our our thursday night show uh, palm beach kennel club our nfl draft kickoff here on espn 106.3 myself and pierre garcon uh so mike uh, let's start with debo samuel because i am fascinated we were on the air when the news broke your colleague at ESPN, Jeff Darlington, earlier this week that that Debo Samuel wanted out of San Francisco. He didn't want to be a 49er anymore. And I understand him seeing all this money that's being given to wide receivers and thinking about his future. But additional reports that he doesn't love the role that has brought him to prominence. Debo Samuel is catching the football and running the football, but now he doesn't want to run the football as much. How do you value that if you're trying to trade for him? Yeah, no, it's a it's a factor, but he's a great player, and he'll obviously get a um, a meaningful deal either with San Francisco or someplace else. And he's a great as a receiver; he's great with his ball in his hands. So I, I think they'll get that all worked out. And um, I'm sure this is as many disputes are in the NFL economically driven. Do you get the sense that this is more an issue with the 49ers or just all of the money that's been thrown around this offseason to receivers for why Debo has, has done this? Yeah, I think it's probably a little bit of both. You know, you look at A.J. Brown, D.K. Metcalf, Terry McClellan, um, all these guys are probably looking for new deals. And, you know, Debo, it's probably his turn, you know, to take a swing at that. But he deserves it. He's a great player, as you said. And uh, I think the, the on-field stuff certainly could be worked out. Three teams that we immediately brainstormed for Debo were the Jets, the Packers, and the Chiefs. I think that the Packers could obviously use him, and even in cold weather, he provides a benefit because he can carry the ball if you want him to do that. The Jets, there's obviously familiarity with the offensive coordinator, and the Chiefs trying to replenish that receiving core. Maybe they would pursue Debo Samuel. Where do you think he would fit best if he did indeed leave the 49ers? Yeah, I'd like the Jets, you know, maybe for the 10th pick of the draft, Ken, because they, they're desperate for a front-line receiver. 
he helps with the development of Zach Wilson. And uh, I think he's a guy that can make a lot of people better, like a lot of you more, and Corey Davis. So to me, the Jets is a great fit, Ken. Uh, Mike Tannenbaum with us here. You'll see him all week on ESPN leading into the draft and on draft night. Uh, and, of course, he is our football insider here on Ken Levick Alive, former New York Jets GM and Miami Dolphins Executive VP of Football Operations. Patrick Peterson earlier this week on a podcast said that he didn't believe the Cardinals have given Kyler Murray enough to win, that they haven't done enough to help Kyler Murray succeed. Do you agree with that assessment? No, I think they have, and I think he's a guy that uh, needs to play better, and hopefully he will. But they have a ton of weapons out there. They've added a few from you know, DeAndre Hopkins. Look, they lost Christian Kirk, but um, this is a team that has a lot of weapons, and A.J. Green's close to the end, but I think he's another really productive receiver. Stone, uh, overall, just a couple of words. How do you feel about Kenny Pickett? I'm really excited. I like him. Yeah, and so I was going to tell you, Mike, so so Stone yesterday was talking about Kenny Pickett, used some of your quotes earlier this week on ESPN evaluating Kenny Pickett, and it seemed like you don't think he's a world changer, but he can be a beneficial guy sooner rather than later. Yeah, a guy like a little bit like Matt Schaub, a really good player for a long time, maybe not high-end, but a guy that you could win with for a long time. Uh, what about Malik Willis? Do you think that what, is 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 he someone that's going to go top ten potentially? I don't think so. I like him. He has a great arm, good lower body, uh, great athlete. Um, but he's someone that probably needs another year to sit behind and learn. And um, I think he'll probably go somewhere in the middle of the first round. And just wish he was a couple of inches taller. Uh, I do have to ask you this because we have been uh, we've been discussing this today here on Ken Levick Alive. The uh, and I'm sorry if I'm conjuring up bad memories, but the uh, the comeback that you were on the wrong end of that was most traumatic to you. <laughs> Gee, that's a great question. I've, I've been part of a few of those, probably some Tom Brady fourth quarter wins, so yeah. there's more than one of them, unfortunately. <laughs> it's funny, when I was thinking about asking you that question, uh, number 12 definitely popped into my mind as a potential response of yours, and what are your feelings on uh, celebrating birthdays of employees in the office? How do you feel about that? Uh, I'm a proponent of it. Birthdays, you know, workplace, I'm good with that. Okay, okay. I think it depends on if you're okay with people singing in your face. But um, but Mike Tannenbaum is a much more jolly person than I am, too, so I'm not surprised <laughs> with that. Uh, Mike, if you could, real quick, Reco Chevy, you are a huge fan. Yeah, they're, they're best in class. We have birthdays at Greco Chevy all the time, <laughs> conveniently located Federal Highway in Delray Beach. Ron and his guys, it's a great car buying experience. Great cars, great selections, all at a great price. Mike, we'll talk to you next week. Great stuff. Appreciate you. Okay, thank you. That's Mike Tannenbaum, our football insider here on Ken Levicka Live. He gives a, uh, a thumbs up to uh, the, the office birthday. Which is a little weird, but... <laughs> You do you, Mike. Yeah, hey, do you, Mike. That's fine. But, hey, I'm not going to judge him because, again, he's a much happier overall uh, person than, than I am. I and think. successful, I would yeah, say. Yeah, yes, yes. He has uh, what they call money. Uh, so <laughs> I, I, I want to have Jeanette hear this because we did this yesterday, Stone. But Kevin Durant, things aren't going great for the Nets, right? Things aren't going great for Brooklyn. But I want you to hear Kevin Durant and his response to what do you do? What has Boston done that has made you have some of your worst playoff games in your career? And Kevin Durant 
was really, really open about it. He was really intelligent about it. He was really X's and O's about it. And it was, to me, there's levels to this, right? If you're a superstar, you have to conduct yourself and you have to put yourself out there publicly a little bit different. Mm -hmm. You can't be petulant. And certainly when the times get tough, I don't think excuse-making is the way to go. Are we on the same page here with that? Absolutely. That's a sign of weakness and pettiness. Yeah. I don't think it helps anybody, especially when you're a team like the Nets that has so many expectations. Yes. Right? Yeah. The bar was set high. Yeah. And if Kevin Durant is going to get pouty and if he's going to get petulant, it's an issue. Okay? So before we hear Kevin Durant, I want you to hear Trey Young. This was Trey Young. Superstar Trey Young. Jay Will said, oh, the Heat are going to have problems with Trey Young. Trey Young, playoff phenom after what he did last year. This is Trey Young after game two asked, what do the Hawks do now? Yeah, I mean, you, I mean, it's tough. Obviously, we feel like we let one slide. You can't let it let it uh, linger too far. I mean, we got another game in a couple of days, so... Um, I mean, obviously we feel like we let one slip away, but I mean, if the refs gonna let them be as physical as they are and not call fouls, I mean, it's gonna be hard to really do anything anyway. So uh, it's gotta be gotta be a little bit um, um, better with knowing where we gotta be and just be ready to take care of home. Defensively, Jimmy they're gonna call fouls. Like he does. I mean, they're gonna call fouls, and we can't do it. if they're not gonna call fouls. We can't do anything about it anyway. Like that, that's his response to what are you going to do? Oh, if the refs aren't going to call fouls, there's nothing we can do about it anyway. Especially from him who's so proud to be a cocky player. Right, right. As soon as things go bad, he turns into crybaby mode. A hundred percent. But then here's here's Kevin Durant. Here's Kevin Durant after game two with the Nets losing. Both teams. Here's KD. I mean, just, I mean, they're playing two or three guys on me sometimes when I'm off the ball. They... You know, mucking up actions when I run off stuff is. I see Horford leaving his man to come over to hit me sometimes. I just playing two or three guys hit me wherever I go, you know, and that's just the nature of the beast in the playoffs. And um, I feel like I got a couple good shots there in the, in the fourth that just ain't go down. But yeah, I see I see a few of their guys around me every time I get the ball, or you know, when I'm setting up, and so I got to be. Uh, be more patient, but also play fast sometimes, too, and off the ball, just be able to move a little faster, screen a little harder for my guys to get free. Um, but, yeah, just watch film and get better. Yeah, I, it's it's fair. I, I, I see that guys are coming at me. I've got to get better, watch the film, and we'll move forward. Pretty level-headed superstar stuff right there. Super logical. Yeah, absolutely. And, and he's not blaming anybody. No. He's not making excuses. He made an observation and reacted to it. Right. But again, juxtapose that against the man Trey Young. And let's hear real quick Trey Young one more time now that we've heard Kevin Durant and his thoughtful response. This is Trey Young. Yeah, I mean, you, I mean, it's tough. Obviously, we feel like we let one slide. You can't let it let it uh, linger too far. I mean, we got another game in a couple of days. So, um, I mean, obviously, we feel like we let one slip away, but, I mean, if the refs going to let them be as physical as they are and not call fouls, I mean, it's going to be hard to really do anything anyway. Yeah, so, exactly. Uh, See, right there. If the refs aren't going to call anything anyway, there's not much we can do anyway, so. When a sentence starts with, I mean, you yeah. know it's going to end up somewhere. Yeah. It's, that's not confident It's just not a good all. look. It's not a good look for the superstar Trey Young. And then there's John Morant last night. He didn't play well. 
he still found a way to get a triple-double. He was 5 of 18 from the field and still found a way to get a triple-double. He started miserably last night, and this is what he had to say after the game on ESPN. John Moran, our star of the game. Hey, what's you up, John? Up there? Oh my goodness! We got dogs on this side, Whoa. man. Is that what that is? We got dogs over here. <laughs> we ain't got no chihuahuas either. Big German Shepherds. It was an emotional roller coaster. How do you manage that? Uh, honestly, it was all me for real. My teammates, <laughs> they got on me pretty much. You know, I, I came out slow, picked up two fouls, didn't allow me to, you know, be able to play physical. I started playing lazy. Uh, you know, I was giving up easy baskets to, uh, you know, Pat. And then um, they just told me, you know, I had to wake up. Um, I still feel like I didn't, but I had a triple-double. So, you know, I had to just affect the game in other ways, which is, you know, limiting them to one shot, you know, getting the rebound, and then, you know, sharing the ball with my teammates. Being held accountable, mm-hmm. and he's putting it out there. Mm-hmm. He wants people to know he was held accountable by his teammates. How good is that? That's superstar stuff. Kevin Durant, that's superstar stuff. Trey Young. That's baby stuff. He's younger than Trey Young, too. Yeah, absolutely. Sit down, Trey Young. Let's get to our Baptist Health Orthopedics Care Injury Emporium. Hut! Green! Hut! Hut! Oh, no. There's a man down. <laughs> It'll never get old. Devin Booker is out perhaps three weeks. Uh-oh. The Western Conference... That has completely changed its complexion. That's probably Warriors now at this point. And uh, Chris Middleton with a knee injury, going to be reevaluated, but he will not play game three against the Bulls. The Bucks suddenly feel like they might be in a little bit of nervousness right now. That is your Baptist Health Orthopedic Care Injury Emporium. That'll do it for us on this Friday. Have a great weekend, everybody. Jeanette Javier, we'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye. Stone the Bannowitz Friday Night Lights. I'm Ken Levick. I'm live on ESPN 106.3.